and welcome to yet another episode of the Born to Fly podcast. And today we're going to talk about profit. I will do that with Rocky Lalvani, who would do his job even if he wasn't get paid. He's a chief profitability advisor for business owners and a profit-first professional. Born in India, his dad brought him to the US at barely three years old. And there he's seen firsthand what it looks like to build a wealthy lifestyle out of nothing through saving, investing and spending wisely. Now he's retired from corporate America and helps others open doors, solve problems and gain freedom through understanding the finances for small businesses. All while using the profit first system, which you will learn about in this episode. So tune in and enjoy. Enjoy. Welcome, Rocky. Welcome on the Born to Fly podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here to chat with you today. Me too, because we're going to talk about profit and who doesn't like profit when you're in business, right? But before we start talking about profit, can you share a little bit about who you are and how you ended up being a profit first ambassador, like where you are right now? Sure. So I, you know, as a kid, I was an entrepreneur. Um, I was always side hustling, making money. And then I did what I was supposed to do, which was go to college. And when I got out of college, I had an idea for a business, which was to help people create and build spreadsheets. Now, you have to understand this is back when electronic spreadsheets were first coming out. The problem was I had no idea how to market this. I had no idea how to approach people. Like, how do you go to a company and say, do you need a spreadsheet? And they look at you like you're weird. <laughs> I had a good job that became, you know, that did really, really well with that. And so I just kind of continued down that path. And wherever I was, I was always known as the numbers guy. I was the one who would always pull up the spreadsheets, understand what was happening with sales, where the opportunities were and how everything was running. In in the background, I wasn't paying attention, but big data became big, you know, Excel reports and so forth became the backbone of how so many companies run their, their financials. In the meantime, I'm also a personal finance junkie. So I spent a lot of time just how to build wealth and doing all of that. And so my first foray back into this and going out on my own was to help people with personal finances. And I quickly learned there's a reason people are broke. And if they don't have money, they can't pay you. So that wasn't a good market. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, just in the news, the, I think in the last couple of days, you know, they talk about the fact that I think one third of people who make $250,000 or more are still living paycheck to paycheck. And I'm like, those are the people I could help. But the reality is, is they don't want help. They don't want to learn how to actually build wealth. If they did, they probably wouldn't be behaving the way they are. And then along that journey, I came to this realization. It was kind of an aha moment for me that business owners weren't looking at their financials. I'm like, how do you run a business and not look at your financials? And I think the aha was most business owners aren't accountants. They don't want to be. They didn't get in business to do business. They got in business to do what they loved. And unfortunately, one of the byproducts of that is the financials get ignored. And so that was kind of my last pivot. I'm like, hey, I know business owners will pay and do want help with this. And these are my skills and this is what I enjoy doing. So we figured out that perfect market fit. And then it was like, you know, do I do this myself or do I partner with somebody? And in looking at a lot of different organizations, how they did things, the philosophies, I found that what Mike Michalowicz was doing with Profit First 
was the way I was already doing it myself. And it made total sense to me. It was just natural. And so it was like, well, do I partner with him or do I do this alone? And the reality is, is when you partner with people, you can go further faster. He's got a great marketing machine, a great book. I don't want to write a book. That's not what, you know, I like spreadsheets, yeah. not writing. <laughs> so it was the perfect match to, to partner with him and just kind of, run with uh, his systems and it's worked out well. Perfect. So you went from Mr. Spreadsheet, you know, trying to be understood, <laughs> like what you can actually do with that, you know, to like seeing how people needed something like a system as, you know, profit first is. So, and now you help small business owners or probably like anyone who just wants to know about like, how can I manage my finances in a great way? Yes. Very. I mean, the target the target clients right now, though, are small business owners. Okay. And so uh, something that I noticed when you were telling your story was about, you talked about behavior. You said, you know, some people who who make like 250K uh, a year, they don't want to change their behavior. What is it about behavior that affects the your finances? Is that a very deep topic? <laughs> yeah. So this is, this is actually a relatively new area of study. Mm -hmm. And financial behavior therapy and, and the whole research, I think, has only been around maybe in the last 30 or so years. The reality is, is we all have money mindsets and money scripts, and they go back to our childhood, right? So if you think back to childhood and you ask, you know, your parents probably taught you about money, but they didn't teach you the way you think they taught you. You know, they taught you, well, this, this is expensive. You can't afford that, or we can't afford that, or money doesn't grow on trees. Mm -hmm. And so unfortunately, a lot of us have negative money mindsets. Or some people might think that in, incorrectly that the Bible says that that money is evil. Mm -hmm. And yet that's not the, the truth at all. As a matter of fact, one of the biggest topics in the Bible is actually money. And it's talked about quite a bit, but I don't think we actually, we don't talk about those, those parts of it. And so I think a lot of people have a relationship with money. And if they haven't examined that relationship, then they're behaving unconsciously. And more often than not, those unconscious behaviors are behaviors that were instilled as a kid. So you have childhood money behaviors. <laughs> it's struggle to get rich when, when that is the case. Okay. So, and so what exactly do you mean by negative money mindset? Is that you have like a negative stance towards money or? Well, so think about this. If you grew up thinking that rich people are evil, are you going to want to build wealth? Every time you start to build wealth, you're going to start getting a little bit scared because you're afraid you're going to become evil. And so you'll lose your money just naturally without even thinking about it. It will disappear from you because you're afraid of it mm -hmm. in that sense. I think that's where a lot of it is. It's just what is your relationship to money? What does money mean to you? And for everybody, it's a different answer and it's very personal. Yeah. I also think, you know, you talk about the fear for money, but I also might be, you know, if you deem yourself worthy enough to receive money for, you know, what you're doing as a business owner, some people think, you know, I actually want to do this for money, but then they don't have 
have the the courage or you know the confidence to actually ask and receive the money they supposed to to get. And that's very true. I noticed that a lot more with creatives. Mm-hmm. They especially because their work is is very tied to what they do. It's very personal and they struggle with putting a value on it and putting a number on it and it comes down to how they view what they do and sometimes what you do is so natural and easy to you that you don't think it's worth anything. Exactly. Yeah. Or you might go, oh, nobody will pay for that much for that. And the reality is people will. You've just got to get over your own money hats. Exactly. Yeah, that's a good one. So, okay, let's circle back to the biblical money aspect um, <laughs> because we know a lot of it. We talk about profit and profit can be, you know, this interesting, maybe dirty, maybe fearing word for people because we're like, well, you know, money is evil. That's what people say. You know, the first thing, right, is like money is evil evil. But I know the verse, it is in Colossians 3, verse 5, that says, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. So it's not money, but it's the greed itself. The desire for more is idolatry. But I want to hear your viewpoint on profit in a biblical landscape. You know, at the end of the day, when when you read the Bible, right? It does talk about having excess, right? So when it talks about when when you go and you go to your fields and you harvest, you're supposed to leave excess, mm-hmm. right? You're not supposed to take it all. You're supposed to leave for others and help. And I think that's what profit allows you to do. A lot of my clients who have profit accounts use their profit accounts to give back to their employees and also for their tithing. And so, but the point is you can't help other people if you're not profitable. And that's literally what the struggle is. And at the end of the day, the purpose of a business is to be profitable. If it's not, you're not going to survive. And if you don't survive, then how do you help your employees? And how do you give to your church? Yeah. How do you sustain a family? You know, you need to make money. It's just a tool. It's just a tool. Exactly. It's just a tool. You said also that there are a lot of verses about money in the Bible. I think there's like over a hundred. I I need to be fact-checked on this, but I know there's a lot of verses about money. So God thinks it's important too. There is the parable of the talents is clearly about, you know, how do you steward what you've been given? And it even makes me think about the first fruits that the Israelite, when they were harvesting, they needed to like 10% was like they, they would give that back to God, which is, you know, a part of the harvest, which was very important to them. So I think it's, it is actually very biblical to think about profit and then how to steward that. So talking about that, Rocky, we're all wondering what is the profit first system? So Mike is a serial entrepreneur and, you know, in his first go round, he sold some companies and here's the truth of the matter. When he ran these companies, one of them was actually a um, investigational accounting firm. They actually investigated Enron and found out they were guilty. His companies were never profitable. But when he sold his company, he made a profit. He, he got a big payday. So at that point to him, profit was an event. It wasn't a habit. It was something that happened at some time in the future. And a lot of business owners say that I'll be profitable when hmm. some he took the money, thought he was a smart businessman. And over the next couple of years, he lost it all to the point where they were coming for the keys to the house and the car. And so he went through some soul searching times of how did I go 
wrong? What's the problems? How do we fix this? How do we make it better for entrepreneurs? And the first thing he realized is we have the wrong equation. So we've been told sales minus expenses equals profit. But as you said in your quote, right, where where do you do? You give your first harvest, right? You give from the beginning. Well, it's the same process. So Mike said, let's change the equation to sales minus profit equals expenses. Now profit is no longer an, a leftover. It's the first thing we do. We take our profits up front and we learn to control our spending, which comes back to what we talked about, about those people making $250,000 a year. It's not an income problem that we have. In the United States, we have a spending problem. We spend too much money. And so if you take your profit first and you constrain, constrain yourself, you will be able to, to do that. And it comes down to Parkinson's law, which basically says a business will use up all the resources it's allocated. So the more resources and time you give your business, the more resources and time it will use up, you know, and then there's that old saying, you know, if you leave it to the last minute, it only takes a minute, mm-hmm. right? If you don't have money, you figure out a way to do it. You become more resourceful. And so this really constrains people and helps them to do that. Yeah. So that's a good one. So instead of sales minus expenses is profit, we start with sales minus your profit, and then there are the expenses that you have. So would that mean, for example, for somebody who works with an hourly rate, they say, okay, my hourly rate is $50 an hour. And so 10% of that first is what you reserve in like a bank account or something. Like how does this work in practice? Yeah, you actually have to separate the money, right? Because okay. if you don't separate it, you don't see it. You can't do this in accounting software. You specifically take the money out and you put it in a separate bank account. And you can do this on a monthly basis, twice a month. Some people do it weekly, not more often than that. So you don't want to do this too often. It becomes too, too onerous. You put the money aside and that's your profit account and you let that build over time. That becomes essentially, you know, that's how you build wealth. It's how you build your emergency fund. It's how you build up so that you can pay down debt. It's how you build up so you can deal with a rainy day because you will have rainy days. Yeah. And so that means if you look at your business and your business model, and for example, we, we still have this $50 an hour person, you have to make sure that, you know, how many hours do you put into your business? So how much do you need to earn minus, you know, profit? that you take off of your hourly rate, right? Is that kind of how it works? (laughs) Exactly. Well, and the other things there are the cost of doing business, right? Don't forget taxes. So that's the other thing we have to deal with. And then this also might help you to say, well, wait a minute, maybe I need to charge $55 an hour. And so there are a lot of different levers we can play with, but it forces you to think about them and look at them and say, what do I really need to do? Yeah, and I remember I read this book of Mike I think about three years ago or something. And I was very intrigued by this idea and, you know, taking percentages of your income and allocating it to different bank accounts. He even talks about multiple bank accounts that you that have like different names so you can like allocate it. And sometimes he doesn't even want you to look at a certain account. That's what I remember. But so what if there is this 55 or $50 an hour 
rate, how many percentage do you think is left for paying all the expenses? What would you advise? Well, so if you're a solopreneur, and again, this is dependent on country, but in the United States, you know, you have to pay both sides of Social Security and Medicare. So that's about 15%. Depending where you are and what your spouse makes, you have to set aside for federal taxes. So that might be 10 or 15 or, or more percentage. And then you have state and local taxes and city taxes. So you might have to save 25 or 30% of that $50 towards taxes. And then you might save 10% towards your profit. We still haven't paid ourselves, right? So yeah. we need to save a percentage of that for our pay. And then, then it tells you how much is left to spend on your business. So that's the leftover is your spending. Now, if you get to that point and say, well, I can't run my business on this. Well, that's a wake up call that $50 an hour is not the appropriate amount to charge. You need to figure out how to bring more value so you can up your rates. Exactly. So that's a good comment you're making. You know, if you add up all those percentages, we're over 50% already, which means, yeah, there isn't a lot of money left to, you know, to grow your business or to like pay no. your expenses. So let's assume that there is a solopreneur. This person is just starting out and they would knock on your door and say, Rocky, can you please help me figure out my financial system? What would you tell? them? Well, so I think the first thing is to figure out where you are today. Where Number one is awareness. Where's your money going today? And then the second thing is saying, what do, what do you need for your lifestyle? And does your business support your lifestyle? And if it doesn't, then you need to think about how do I pivot my business so it can support my lifestyle? In Mike's book, he does give percentages and he shows you what your targets should be. And, you know, in a, in a smaller business, you should be taking about half the money home maybe a little bit more. So I think the first thing is if you're not taking that much money home, then you need to ask yourself why. And that might be that you're spending too much in your business or you're not charging enough. So I think the first thing is just getting clarity of where are we today and then asking yourselves, where would I like to be and what is reasonable for the type of business I'm in? Every business has its own targets and its own percentages and there are limits and constraints. So it's thinking through that. I think a lot of times people go into business and before they start, they don't do the math. So I tell people before you go into a business, do the math of your business to even figure out if it'll support you or the business itself. And I think that's why so many businesses struggle. Their business models don't work. Yeah. Or they forget about, you know, taxes and they just pay themselves everything that they earn. <laughs> and then in the end, they're like, oh, no. <laughs> I have to pay taxes or, you know, I can't sustain this business because I can't afford somebody to like update my website or things like that. So then it's then you have to do with less or figure out a different way to do it. Yeah. And so would you recommend people to like find a bank that allows you to have multiple accounts so you are able to allocate funds? Absolutely. If your bank is charging you for all these accounts, you need to find a new bank, <laughs> right? Uh, there are now some services that are coming out that will actually do this for you. So they overlay on top of your bank and they work with certain banks. And what they do is every time money comes in revenue wise into your business, they put it into the appropriate buckets for you. So I think it's becoming much more popular and more technology is becoming available to help people to do this. Okay. Do you have any resources or like software that does that? I can't. I have to go back through my notes. I've met some people who do it. For me, the issue was they really 
really worked with really small business owners, which isn't my target client. And my clients needed a lot more than what they had to offer. Mm-hmm. Um, so most of my clients do it manually, but it's not that hard. Yeah. And so when you say most of your clients do it manually, like manually putting the, fun- the money to like different accounts, how many times do they do that? Like, So basically what we do is we have five primary accounts. The first is your income account. All your income comes into one account. This way, every time you look at your bank balance, you know how much income came in. It's never a question. This is how much income has come in. And then the accounts are your profit account, your owner's pay account, your tax account, and then your spending account. So those four accounts. And so on a, on a regular basis, and it really depends on the business. Some people do it once a month. Some people do it twice a month around the 10th and 25th. And then some people do it weekly. And it's a matter of how good your cash flow is. And then all they do is on that specific day, they move the percentages to the other four accounts from the income account and they empty the income account or they leave a little bit in there just to cover if there's a minimum and then they move on with life. So it's really not that difficult. Yeah. Okay. I love that. So there's an income account. That's where everything comes in and then you just like spread it out, leaving zero or just a little bit more and then all the other accounts are filled. Correct. And then you know how much do you have to spend? Here's the real nice thing. Because you've got an account for your pay, you don't feel guilty taking money out of the company, right? Okay. This is my pay. I can take it out. And you also know how much is there to pay yourself. So if there's not enough, well, you need to go sell more. (laughs) Yeah. I feel it gives you a very great overview as well of the financial state of your business and whether or not you need to grow. I feel every month you can easily see, you know, how am I doing? I think that's very important. Correct. And it's much more real time than accounting software. And most small businesses don't use accounting software. They don't pay attention. It's not always done correctly. But this this tells you where your cash is, which is much, much more important. Mm -hmm. Indeed. All right. So Rocky, if people are interested, where can they find more about you, what you do and any other, you know, any things that you want to give away? So if you'd like to learn more about the Profit First system, I teach all about it on my podcast, which is called Profit Answer Man. So wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find that. If you come to the website, which is Profit Comes First, there is uh, there is a free giveaway of two chapters of Mike's book. So if you want to check it out before you buy it, you can get the first two chapters for free uh, on the website. And there's contact information and everything else on there as well. Yeah, that's where they can find it. I will link everything in the show notes so people are just one click away and then they can emerge themselves even more in profit first. All right. That's amazing. Rocky, thank you so much for being on the show, for sharing about this. And I hope it will encourage a lot of people in adapting this profit first system. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Born to Fly podcast. If you liked it, please leave a review on Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. And don't forget to share it with your friends. If you'd like to know more about Born to Fly, go to borntofly.faith. There you can discover our How to Find Your Calling course and a community for like-minded entrepreneurs. Looking forward to having you back next time.